Buds, if you are playing Guardian at the highest level, you need to be one thing with your play. And that is squeaky clean. But you also need to be squeaky clean. And that is why this episode of Fresh and Buds is brought to you by Bravo's Bidets. What can I say? I'm not going to go into detail here, but we're very happy to have them as a sponsor. Bravo, bidet, squeaky, clean. Hit it! Fresh and Alright folks, welcome back to yet another episode of Fresh and Buds. I'm your host, Tommy Fresh, and you are all of my buds, and today... We have a, a, a rather new bud for me. It's someone that I've been aware of for a very, very long time. It is Mr. Sam O'Byrne of, well, many, many casting booths and the YouTube channel Three Floating. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. I'm 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 so happy to be a new bud. It's uh, it's it's, it's great to bud here. Yes. Um, you know what? Let me let's just wrap it up. All right. Let's yeah, just call that's... let's just call it a day. That's it for me, folks. Thanks. <laughs> Jesus oh, Christ. Oh, man, leave it in. Um, <laughs> uh, it's, uh, you know, well, you know what? You're not a new bud because I, I think that in, in general, people are all a bud until proven otherwise. I, I, I like that's that kind fair. of, you know, in, instant until proven guilty, I think, in, yeah. in terms of the, uh, in the eyes bud. of God and the law, for sure, for sure. Yeah. God, the law, and Tommy Fresh. So um, we got a great episode for you all. It's going to be a good time. We're going to get to know Sam. We're going to talk a little bit about coverage because, well, I've been very impressed with you know, what you've been doing and uh, we're going to have a good time, but I just want to, before we get into it, just shout out to everything that you can find in the show notes, which is going to be everything in the link tree, you know, your, your, the buds discord, the, you know, YouTube links, Twitter links, all that stuff is in there. Please check it out. It's the best way to support the show. There is a Patreon link. It's on pause right now, but I think in 2024, it'll go back up with some new cool stuff and all of that is great and uh, wonderful. And also, Gary, a.k.a. Mr. Viz, and I have started the live show, The Bud Rush Bellow, again this month, 9, nine o'clock. We're trying to do 9 o'clock Eastern on Wednesdays. So please check that out. And there's also a Riptide Deck Tech up from the Realm Rumble Brawl. So uh, all fun stuff on the YouTube. But you know what is more fun? That is Mr. Sam O'Burn. So... What's going on? How are you, first of all? What's like, you know, how you doing? I'm well, man. I'm well. It's uh, it's been a crazy year. It's been a pretty wild year, and it's been really uh, amazing to engage with the game in so many different ways, and in, in kind of such a almost all-consuming capacity. Um, and so I've really enjoyed all of that, and also these last couple of days to kind of fall back into my couch a bit and. <laughs> see some friends, see some family after the rumble, you know, for me in particular, a lot of my years been kind of building to that in, in various capacities. So to have it go off, have it go off well, and now be able to kind of just look forward to the holidays as like a, a reset before 2024 starts it all up again. So I've, I've been enjoying a little bit of some time to relax, um, but feeling good. That's awesome. Well, that's the nice thing about flesh and blood, you know, they always seem to actually kind of calm down for a hot second here in December, which is nice, you know, whether whether you're celebrating the holidays or anybody out there. And I know that LSS likes to take some time as well. 
but we do have a, a big set coming out in January, so or I guess February, but that should be interesting. We'll talk about that more in the coming weeks, but I'm glad to hear you're relaxing, Sam. That, that's very nice to hear. So let's get to know you, the man behind the booth, man behind the screen, you know, for mm. a lot of people. I want to know first, when did TCGs come into your life? Were you a TCG gamer player before Flesh and Blood? Yeah, I definitely was in, in, in a super different kind of capacity. I started pretty young. My dad is a, a psychologist and um, had some kids in his practice that he learned Magic the Gathering in order to connect with better. He These kids were you know, in, in some ways, super into magic. And so him, he's really works a lot with young men and young children. And so uh, he learned the game to be able to play the game with them and then, you know, chat with them while while they're playing and, and connect them a little more. Um, and so he taught me because I was a super nerdy little kid and he just thought I would like it. And I was I was pretty young, but I just dude, it just it just blew my brain wide open. You know, just like looking at those cards. I still remember being a little kid and like looking at just the the big mana symbols on the on the lands and just being like, this is the coolest thing in the world. I'm harvesting mana from the land itself. And then I play the creature. I suck. Like, I was just like, this is so cool. I had no idea really what I was doing, but I just loved it. Um, yeah. And I just kind of played on and off, played a lot in high school, got a lot of my friends in the theater program into it in high school. I taught like, it was, I kind of liken it to a little like, anime like we would all like go to theater class and then at lunch there'd be like nine games of magic the gathering and then we'd finish school and there'd be like we'd all be right next to the you know the theater like playing our games trading our cards and we were getting our cards taken by the teacher because we were playing you know <laughs> under the bleachers and then we'd have to, we'd literally like run operations to get them back from under our director's nose so i played a lot in like high school uh and then kind of stopped until eight months before flesh and blood when i Got a little bit back into Magic, started playing Commander, and wasn't finding that Commander was really doing it for me. And then found the professor's Learn to Play Flesh and Blood video, and that was kind of it. Well, that's really cool because, actually, it reminds me of a lot of my early days of Magic as well, right? You know, I, mm -hmm. I played, you know, I really got into it in high school, right? And, and I was in bands, and that was, mm -hmm. and the band teacher let us eat lunch in the band room. And of course it was like 10 minutes of lunch and the rest of the uh, lunch was, or like the lunch period was playing magic yeah, yeah, yeah. With, with your buddies. And that's really the kind of aspect of, of trading cards that I really fell in love with. You know, obviously I'm a huge fantasy person and like that, that thing that you're talking about, like looking at these large symbols, and like I'm, I'm doing all these things, but like somehow it's translating into a game is amazing and and magic did it really well for a very long time and then you know f for whatever reason it didn't feel the same maybe the overuse of online gaming or something like that but flesh and blood something that you seem to have fallen in love with does it so well right like how what do you think it is about flesh and blood that allows people to kind of really feel like they're doing the thing that they're playing Oh, dude. I mean, it's just like so inherent within the game design, just the way that I, the way that when you play a certain class, you feel as though you are just embodying what that thing is supposed to be doing in a in a grand story context. I mean, I, I don't quite know 
how to describe it beyond they've just they've just kind of nailed it they're just tapped in bro like you're playing in mechanologies you're literally like, <laughs> like you know you're utilizing you literally feel like you're like constructing this whole you know knobs and and wires and when you're playing a wizard you're like above the battlefield like sending arcane damage <laughs> they can't even block with their cards they have to like i don't know it just feels you know you're playing these big dragons that are made of ash but if you block it with a six power attack you've like your attack is strong enough to cut through like that's just like the part of me that's you know a, a storyteller and like uh you know i play dungeons and dragons for a living right like that, that part of my brain just fires off when i'm when i'm playing this game um so i uh, yeah they just they just kind of nailed it <laughs> in that regard yeah the Dungeons and dragons uh kind of comparison really always rings true right because like all other trading card games, like Magic or whatever, has a lot of those elements. But like the idea of like you are this person, this hero, and then you have like you know these really cool weapons. And you get you know oh, and maybe you know like when you're cracking packs, almost like I'm looting this. This or you're maybe totally. not looting, but you know. For sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, honestly, and like I remember when I was getting my first legendary equipment, and like I had purchased. I mean, I remember kind of the, the most expensive card I'd maybe ever purchased, like. $50 magic card. And I was like, okay, like, here we go. <laughs> it just comes a different, comes a different thing in flesh and blood pretty quickly. But when I, when I buy, when I bought my first couple legendaries, I remember feeling like I have purchased this like legendary armor piece and it's valuable and it, I equip it and it's like, I've invested my gold into my <laughs> grasp of the Arknight. And now when I go to battle, like I have this powerful legendary item and it cost me Ninety dollars, you know. <laughs> like, even that, like, you feel like when you open that, especially in the earlier days when legendaries were m more rare, like mm -hmm. you feel like you've pulled something that is this, like, you know, legendary piece of equipment that has a lot of value and is this rare artifact. Even that, I think, is pretty pretty cool in the in the inherent design of the game. Absolutely, and and they really knock it out of the park with, you know, the feeling that people get. That you know that that you know, feeling that you're describing right now, like, oh, wow, look at this, like, actual, and I only need one, right? Like, I just need one, which is so cool, mm -hmm. and and it's like, you know, I'm kind of like, you know, putting them, you know, when you're putting them away, you're just like, oh, taking yeah. extra care, it's like going into a yeah. chest, and, you know, totally, dude. maybe one day, we'll, <laughs> we'll, me and you will bury our legendaries out on an island, and X marks the spot for, yeah. <laughs> for the, uh, the upcoming gamers. Now, you mentioned that Flesh and Blood was in introduced to you from the professor. You know, obviously you mentioned Commander. You're playing a little bit of that. Commander leads to the professor. The professor leads to Flesh and Blood. And we've heard a lot of that over the years for Flesh and Blood, which is excellent. Now, you are a content creator too, and you are no stranger to the camera, you know, from, you know, obviously some career stuff you've done which seems like a nice thing to have for content creation. What made you want to create content for this game? Dude, honestly, it was just being a fan of the game and being a fan of growing up on YouTube, kind of like as my baseline content that has, I've always watched YouTube. I've had periods where I've watched a lot of Netflix or periods where I've watched a lot of like Game of Thrones and HBO stuff. But like the thing that I've always watched is YouTube because I, I have a, I've always had a bunch of nerdy little interests and I've, there's a lot of great niche content on YouTube. If it's gaming, you know, walkthroughs or at let's plays or whatever it was. Um, and I just, you know, for the last year had been watching an enormous amount of magic, the gathering content and was just looking for 
these gameplay videos for Flesh and Blood. I just wanted to watch them. I was like, where are they? There was there's some great gameplay that was super inspirational and super kind of integral and like the foundation of like, okay, this is what's been done. The first videos I ever really watched were like Fabrica, these incredible Ukrainian oh, yeah. uh, gameplay guys. They're on Channel Fireball all the time and they have just this unbelievable production quality. And I remember watching their videos and being like, this is so cool. I have no idea what's going on because I just hadn't, <laughs> I hadn't learned the game yet. And so I was just like, I wanted to understand what the cards did. Um, and, you know, the Blade Break series that the Spike Feeders were doing at the time and still are, um, there's this great stuff out there, but I just wanted that, like, kind of flagship gameplay show. I just wanted to watch it, and I was like, well, nobody's made it yet. This thing is still pretty new, so if, if, we, if we make it, perhaps it won't get lost in a shuffle of, you know, I mean, if we wanted to make a, I just have no, I would, had, would never have any desire to make a new magic show. There's a million and a half of them, you know? Mm. And I just, I kind of fell out of love with that game pretty quickly. Um, and so I was just like, I, I want, I feel like the game deserves this thing. Mm-hmm. It would be super helpful in terms of growing the game to have somebody, have something people could watch. Even if you don't really know what's going on, hopefully it, it entertains you just like from the kind of, you know, show of it. Um, and it was just mostly like, I just think this should exist for this thing. Me and my friends might have the, let's try. If it's good, we'll keep going. If it sucks, we'll stop. <laughs> it was mostly just, I just, I just wanted to see it exist. And so it was like, I guess, I guess it's us, man. Well, I got to say, you, you've done a, a, a great job. Now, I believe it's been just, uh, just over a year at this point that, that you have been making the content for Three Floating um if i'm if i'm correct and yeah we we did a vlog and then our first gameplay came out in january february so okay cool cool well you you know what like it's pretty incredible and you mentioned you touched on the uh i mean yourself was someone who grew up on youtube right which you know you which i immediately take to mean that well he's a lot younger than me so and i feel incredibly old but it is (laughs) it no 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 it is a um it is important, and that's something that is something that perhaps even something that I don't quite understand as much. Like the 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 generations, like your generation, really did grow up on YouTube. You know, I I definitely watched a lot of YouTube when when it first started. I guess like I was in high school or whatever, and I consumed a lot of it. But I fell out of it because maybe it didn't really kind of hit where uh, you know I guess my interests were. But there are a lot of people that YouTube is their media right which is which is great and and you guys you know watching your stuff and it's awesome it's well well put together and it has this energy that i think really resonates with with that i guess uh demographic is is the word i'm looking for for sure yeah and it's important and we need folks like you to do that because like that that like i guess high school early college, even a little bit after college, that is the age group where you're going to get the most new players, I think, right? Because that is an impressionable age, right? We mentioned we loved magic in high school, right? For sure. Like yeah. that's that's when you want to do that kind of stuff, hang out with people in the flesh and blood or whatever. So mm-hmm. I really got to give a shout out to you guys uh, for, for doing that. Now, I do want a little bit of an origin story on, on the crew, the three floating crew. Right. Uh, you know, I believe you got you introduced them to the game. Yeah. Correct? Yeah. We got him into it. Um, Aiden and I are cousins. I grew up with Aiden, but he is 
let's see, uh, he is four years younger than me. So we, he was always like my little cousin growing up. That's enough of an age difference, especially where, you know, when I did see him, he often was like my little cousin. And then by the time we were more peers, I was already got onto college. And so for the four years that I was in college, he had like grown up, but then he was in college. Um, but luckily he goes to USC and I moved to Los Angeles in the pandemic in 2020. Um, and so I kind of hit him up after a year of us both being here and we hadn't really hung out ever. And I was like, dude, we should hang out. Like it's been seven years since we've ever, uh, we've hung out with any, reg like not even ever really any regularity. And then he comes over and I'm like, oh my God, you're taller than me. You're incredibly handsome you're like so you're so fitted up like you have just you are you look so good you're you're so you're so nice this is great like we're gonna we're gonna hang out all the time you're my you're my cousin this is awesome um and he is you know an incredible screenwriter and we shared a love growing up when we did hang out a couple times you know of of, of fantasy and played D, D like twice as kids and i he played magic with his friends a little bit so I taught him flesh and blood briefly before he went back home for, you know, the summer break with the intention of like, when he came back in the fall, like we were going to play, he was going to be like my first real, like, you know, guy who's into it that I knew and we were <laughs> friends and I was going to have a buddy. Um, and then he just is friends with Jacob through his roommate. Uh, they've become good friends and Jacob grew up as a huge TCG guy is really big in the magic scene. Um, and it was Jacob just found Aiden's Flesh and Blood cards, was like, what are these? Aiden was like, oh, my cousin's been teaching me this game. Do you want to learn? And Aiden was like, yeah, let's go buy two boxes. Aiden was like, <laughs> Jesus, okay. <laughs> um, and then just texted me that night. I, I came over to teach them, like, for real, for real. I brought over some whiskey, and we just, like, got pretty drunk. And that night, Jacob literally, like, I had never met the guy. He just burst out of the bathroom. He's like, you guys, let's do the YouTube channel. I think we should do it. <laughs> I was like... For sure, man. Like, let's do it. That sounds great. And we just we went to Worlds, and you know, three weeks after that, and we shot our first vlog and and started dreaming up the gameplay series, and that was kind of that. Yeah, well, that's. I mean, that is pretty incredible. And I mean, I love to hear that. I didn't know that you and Aiden were cousins, actually. Yeah, yeah. Which, which is really, really cool to hear. My best friend in the world. I mean, two of my best friends in the world are two of my cousins, right? And yeah. I played one with one of them. I played a lot of Magic, and actually, I had him on this show. You know, he's been very busy, so he can't even really get into a TCG. But I had him on the show. Mm. I was like, I'm pitching Flesh and Blood to you mm, as someone, cool. and that was like a lot of fun. Uh, it yeah. didn't really, it didn't really work because he doesn't have any time to play. But yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. he's like, yeah, I do like this game, but I just don't. I can't have do it. Yeah, but yeah. that's awesome that you planted the seed. Right. And it actually, yeah, totally. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, some, like sometimes you try the inception thing and it doesn't work, but it's always nice to hear when it does. Yeah. Well, I think honestly, like this game, like if people just really love TCGs or they're just this kind of person and they try it, it's pretty hard not to be like, I, I like, to, like taken in by just the kind of beauty of how it plays and just how different it is. Like Jacob was, he grew up playing TCGs, loves them. And th that night, got so into it, realized how incredible it was that he wanted to just like send it. He was like, I, look, here we go. Like I'm, I'm building, building Fi. Like I'm in, like, let's go to worlds. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. Okay. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you also need those people too, right? Like yeah, yeah, all yeah. in, like, let's go. Yeah. And, and 100%. That, that is amazing. Now, besides the YouTube channel, you have become, in my opinion, quite the prolific caster as well. Uh, for the game and I you know it was really it was really awesome to kind of witness you 
do it over the, the I guess it wasn't last weekend, a couple weekends ago in, in Columbus, and, mm. in, and just kind of see you running around. I do want to talk a little bit about that after the Fresh Faves, but I do, I do want to know how did the casting journey for you start, and, well, how is it going? For sure. The casting journey uh, is 100% thanks to my really good friend, Justin Lawag. He is the head of Arcane Games and Events out here in Southern California. They do the AGE series, um, just these incredible local tournaments, incredibly well-produced and incredibly well-run. He had this conception. He's like, I want to make a tournament series. He SCG grinder in the, you know, in the days of yore and just loved that and missed that and was like, I'm making it. I'm doing it. Um, and she basically was just like, dude, I think you should cast. I think you'd be good at it. I just, would, will you do the first one? And I was like, nah, man, I don't think like, I didn't really want to cross the streams. Like I was really, I was really anxious about, I was mostly just anxious about people. I don't know, like not wanting me to do it. Just being like, who's this, who's this guy? You know, like, oh, this, this guy is, you know, he's not even good and he's going to cast and like, what's he even done? And like, you know, he just thinks he can cast. Like, I don't know. I was just anxious about it. I was like, I don't want people to be mean to me. <laughs> yeah. um, but, but, I, but I was like, I'll do this first one. I'm not going to really think too hard about it. If it feels natural and good, I'll keep doing it. Um, and I had a lot of fun. And then there was just this random kind of conflagration of events that led to me doing the calling in India with Ethan and Ponkage. And after that one, I was like, okay. I want to, I want to get good at this. Like I, this, it, I ended up loving it and being like, if I'm going to do it, I want to try to like actually know what I'm doing and not just be flying by the seat of my pants <laughs> the whole time. Well, um, you do have a knack for it. And I, I got to say, like, you know, I understand the anxiety of like jumping in and because people, you know, people on the internet, you know, they're behind a screen they can say whatever and they can be mean and like terrible mean. and it sucks. Right. <laughs> but the the reality is you aren't you aren't asked to do that for for no reason right or anybody anybody who's ever done something like that isn't asked to do that for no reason i want i want people at home to think that too right like if you're asked to do something don't think that well you, you know you're you're not you're not deserving of it because there is a re- like people don't just make bets on people out of nothing so yeah. i'm glad that the bet was made on you but you know and i'm glad that you fell in love with it because of of that bet. So how is the journey going? It's been pretty amazing, man. I mean, I've I, honestly, again, like all credit to Justin, like I've really gotten to cut my teeth on the AGE series. And like, that was something I could do most months unless I had uh, other, you know, jobs come up that I couldn't, you know, just like either acting work or, or other professional work that I just couldn't make it to an AGE. But that allowed me to, to do it with some consistency with some, some really incredible casters out here, Blake Meyer, um, Uber, uh, Colin Honigman, just like these these incredible casters that had been doing it for a while, and I was able to kind of like sit with and and, and learn from, um, and uh, Josh Meyer, gotta shout him out too, um, and the the just kind of honestly it was just like how, for me it's it's been about like what what do I bring to the table like what can I it's like especially in this final kind of quarter of the year when I got when I got asked to do Nats I was like like fell out of my chair. I was like, excuse me? Like, what? <laughs> like, is this, is this real? Um, and it was, and that, I was pretty focused on that. On like, I really wanted to like learn Monarch. And like, I had, I had, I wasn't playing the game when Monarch was first. I, I started with Tales of Aria. Um, so like, I really was focused on like, kind of the technical know-how of, of just like understanding a draft format and being able to call a draft format 
that I hadn't played too much up until, you know, that Dust Till Dawn pre-release season. Um, and then learning how to do, and like wanting to make sure I felt comfortable in that type of environment where it's less like casual, like we're talking to chat. It's like, they really want it to be like a show and like run like a more of like a sports broadcast. And, um, but after that, it's been like, okay, what do I, like, what do I do? Like, what do I bring? Like, what's, what's kind of like, what can I bring to the table beyond just like a general vibe, which I do think was important. And that's something that like, again, like I'm just, I'm just a fan of all this stuff. Like, I just love this game Uh, for the year before I did my anything, anything. I played for like a whole year and all I did was watch videos and watch people and watch casts. And so there's just, you know, uh, some things that I've just been like, I want to see that. And I wanted to see that in YouTube, and there were some things that when I was watching some casts, like I wanted to see some excitement, and I wanted to see some just like stoke, and wanted to see some, you know, just like that was insane, like holy hell, like I'm like I'm speechless, I'm 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 this is so cool, and there's some of that that I wanted to see a little more of, you know, and um and so beyond those things, it's then been like how can I dial it in and kind of like practice, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm 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 starting to feel like I I. I can, I know what I can kind of lean on. I know what skills I've developed and I know like how to, how to, I don't know, just like practice and, and get better. Like I want to feel like I'm, if I'm going to do, if I, if I do something, I want to feel like I'm doing it well, you know, mm-hmm. I want to feel like I'm doing my best. And initially it really felt like I was just flying by the seat of my pants and just like, you know, making shit up and hoping people liked it. And, 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 and now I'm like still making stuff up because that's the job, but like definitely trying to dial in and, and feel like I, I, I've practiced this thing and I have a skill, which is different. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know what? The energy and vibe is is pretty important, right? Because as as a uh, consistent viewer, and a lot of, of the buds out there are, uh, of these streams, personally, I, I, I need to, I, I don't want to fall asleep while I'm watching, you know? Yeah. And that's no shade to anybody. I think everybody does a pretty great job. But like, you need the excitement, right? It is, I mean, like, car, it's not like what's happening is not like if you were looking at it from a distance, it's not like a football game or anything like that, where like, Oh, you can see something really dynamic happening. You need it to be explained that it's dynamic. You don't need to, but like it helps certainly. So it's nice to hear that you recognize that and uh, you know, bring it to the table, which is very, very cool. Sam. Now I do want to talk a little bit more about coverage, just like, you know, just your ideas about it. But before yeah. we do, we always have a segment called the Fresh Faves, where I'm going to ask you a couple of your favorite things in the game. Amen. And it's my favorite segment because I like to hear That's what people favorite. answer. Uh-huh. Uh, first, Sam, mm. are you ready? Actually, should I'm I ready. ask if you're ready? You're ready. I'm ready. We're Amy. all ready. Who is your favorite hero? Probably Icelander was my favorite hero. Whoa. Why is that? Yeah. The uh, level of interactivity, and I just, I enjoy Flesh and Blood more when it's less, are my numbers better than your numbers, and Mm. more like, can I mess with you? Like, can I present a problem you have to deal with, so that if you don't deal with my problem, your game plan is affected? Like, I know there are some people that are like, frostbites make it so you can't play the game, but I kind of feel like there's a reason it's like a back and forth thing. It's like, it shouldn't just be like, you do your game plan unimpeded. I do my game plan unimpeded. And whoever's game plan just works out better wins. Like, mm-hmm. I want to feel like, dude, deal with this problem or else you can't necessarily get your combo off. Like, you, you have to make decisions. And just the, every turn being like, do I have a frostbite? Do I not? When do I throw the frostbite? Like, feeling like 
feeling like I was able to, to actually impact the game beyond just like sending attacks and blocking, like dude, the best. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, that that makes total sense. And like, and and you get the the angle of, well, okay, they have something ice in there, but how much is it presenting? And, yeah, exactly. You know, you're like God, and it's like everybody's like sitting there, it's like scratching their head, yeah. which has got to be a lot of fun. Now, what's your favorite weapon? I think my favorite weapon is spider's bite Ooh. for the similar reason just because it's like a little thing and like but it's it's an immediate thing you have to think about especially for playing attacks and just the i just think maybe my favorite thing in the game is flick knives i just think like you talk about like feeling like you're doing the thing like come on dude like your oh, arm piece lets you just throw the dagger <laughs> and it like like that's just the coolest shit in the world i mean that's the biggest flavor win probably in the game it has to be it's right? unbelievable it's just yeah. flick knives like Ezio auditore just like uh, and it's gonna be quite good with that new dagger coming out in uh, heavy hitters. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is it now favorite equipment? Is it flick knives or is it something different? Because mm. there's a lot of great options. That's a lot of great options. My favorite equipment is find all spring to. No I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> probably flick knives, unless something just pops into my head in the next 30 seconds, I, I, I do think there's something incredibly cool and fun about flicking a dagger. You know, even, oh my God, I hadn't even, when I was watching the Melbourne calling and Ben Dodd flicked two daggers to eat two sand covers, I had never done that before. And I was like, oh, you brilliant, you you God, you guy, this is amazing. <laughs> and then I did it to win, like, I've, I've used that to win like two games since. And then just like, that's just so cool. It's just got so many effects. Doing it in response to the, you know, the, the D react so cool. Awesome. I think it's, it's probably like nice. Great answer. Great answer. Yeah. Now, what is your favorite run of the mill card? The cards that you put in your deck, whether it's a non attack action, attack action, instant D reacts, whatever. Hmm. Mm. I mean, dude, it's it's probably. I mean, Command and Conquer is a horrible answer. It's just a... It's There's like, no it's wrong like, answers. There's no wrong answers. I know, but people are like, dude, you're like... I don't know. I just feel like that is a, that's a card that, it, that immediately demands problems. You know, I do think any level of, like, sameness across a bunch of decks in any game starts to feel... Like, homogeneity? Is that a word? Homogeneity? Hom homogenousness? We'll say, Can't be homogeneous. We'll Can't be homogeneousness. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, but I don't know. I just, I like problems. I like on-hit effects. I like, like, you got to deal with this or else you, you, you know. I like here, deal with my problem. I don't know. So, so probably Command and Conquer or Pummel. Maybe just Pummel. I don't, I don't play a lot of decks that run Pummel, but it was something that happened to me in, like, my second game ever of, like, a real thing. Uh, I got Command and Conquer, Conquer pummeled by a Katsu, and um, I didn't know that that was weird. I was like, ah, oh, dang, that's on me. Like, I should have played around that. And then now I look back, I'm like, excuse me, how, what was I playing against? <laughs> well, it's it is kind of funny because like, like CNC is the one that shows up in a lot of different decks, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, Pummel yeah. is one of those ones that like fades in and out of the meta, right? Like, yeah. you know, sometimes it's really prevalent and everybody's ready yeah. for it, and then like yeah. it goes away, and then people, you know, get tricked by it again, which is really cool. Yeah. So, great answers. Across the board, Sam. Now, I do want to talk to you about flesh and blood coverage because mm. it's ever evolving and always in good ways, I think. And but I am also one person who who feels that things can always improve. 
and uh, you know it, it's it's worth talking about. So the reason I want to talk to you about it is because, well, first of all, you know I've seen you do coverage, but like at the Realm Rumble, I was you know I had time to kind of like hang out a little bit, and in between rounds because I was playing an aggro deck, and I was just seeing you run around, and like obviously I talked to Flake and Charmer, and you know everybody just speaks your praises but like no. when you weren't in the booth you were running around making sh- sure things were like good like and and you were looking at the matchup sheets and being like what like what is the most fun thing to watch yada yada you're doing all that crazy stuff so first of all where did these abilities originate for you is this something that you just kind of naturally have or is something you kind of like work towards to get to this point that that I kind of saw a couple weeks ago um, that's a great question. I, I mean, I, in, in growing up, you know, as an actor and just kind of connected to, to storytelling in like lots of different forms, um, whether that be in school plays or, or just, I was a pretty voracious reader growing up and like read, read a bunch of different novels and mostly fantasy novels. And, um, I don't know. And, and like, you know, I went to college for for acting and i've now been working in the industry for the last three four years in various capacities like i do think that's something i'm pretty tapped into is just like narrative and story and and what makes something worth watching or more fun to watch um and and i think in terms of like flesh and blood and you know the for for the rumble was the first time i had any more responsibility beyond really just casting i was you know kind of trying to not like the technical elements of like the stream and the OBS, like I wasn't on that, but I was on the, you know, kind of directing a lot of like the games and, you know, just making sure the stuff was in the right order and that people had breaks and stuff like that. Um, I think a lot of that though, is just from watching an enormous amount of flesh and blood. Like I watch, I watch all the streams. Um, I'm, I'm in, you know, I'm in with, I'm on Nathan Cropper's streams. I was in Ray Adams streams when she, you know, was just beginning. And like, anytime there was like something to watch, I'll be watching it, you know? Um, and so I just, I watch it all the time. I'm watching all the random little battle hardened streams. And if I see a link just like pop up in my for you for Twitter, I'm like, oh great, there I can watch that. And um, so I just if you think, I mean, not just like, what would I want to watch? But just like as a viewer, like I think it's easy for me to put myself in the position of someone who's watching because I, I do it all the time. And, mm-hmm. and there are times when I'm watching something, I'm like, wow come on like that's not what we want and like <laughs> i'll see the chat be like that's not what we want and like sometimes it's impossible you got to put uh, you know there was in the old days you got to put two lexis up sometimes you got to get the ultimate on the stream like it's just you try so hard and mm. you come so far but in the end doesn't even matter like you just <laughs> you just you just have to do it but um <laughs> but yeah i think it just putting myself in the position of like what would be fun to watch i watch all the time and you know i i'm i consider myself a fan first and a player first and then like let those philosophies guide decisions that I, I make in those contexts. Well, you do it so well. And I think this is why I wanted to talk to you about it because you understand. Right. And, you know, like you said in your, uh, Lincoln park, uh, <laughs> reference there <laughs> that, uh, you know, you, you can only do so much sometimes, which is understandable. Yeah. Now, you know, as I mentioned, I believe anything can improve and we should always strive to improve things. And, you know, flesh and blood coverage is great, and it's come a, it's come a very, very long, long way at this point. For sure. What are some things that you would like to see improved with coverage currently? 
And like, what would you think it would take to get there if it's like a real stretch goal? I guess. Um. All right. I think. I think some easy kind of technical answers. Um, just imagine an arsenal cam, right? Like the poker style. Yes, yes. Like, let's check out the arsenal. Tap. Boop, we can see it. Mm-hmm. And you know, we have we have some things in the works. I've I've had some conversations with people. There might be that might be a, a reality in the in the future in, in various capacities. And I, I you know we'll see we'll see. But I just think that's an easy that's kind of a slam dunk. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that I've honestly been thinking about recently, and and you know I've worked a lot with Ethan at Savage Feats. I've worked a lot with the people at AGE and Justin and all those like some some really incredible uh, coverage providers. And there's there's hand cams. There's no hand cams. I've heard a lot of people be like, we need the hand cams. And I, because flesh and blood is played basically in the hand, mm-hmm. they're, they're, unless you're playing certain decks, there's really no permanence. So the story of turns, the story of the game is 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 in your head. It's what's so fun about it is you're having to make all these micro decisions at like every given point. But you can't see that on the board. Yeah. You know, it, it was a big part of my thesis statement with three floating was like, unfortunately, with flesh and blood, without talking about what you're thinking about a lot of the cool shit is just missed it's just gone it's just not there because it's in your head Mm -hmm. um and so with a hand cam yes you're able to just talk about all those little micro decisions that players could be making i am finding that instead of being like oh my god it's art of war we're like, oh, he drew the art of war. Okay, so now what's gonna happen? And then it's like, and there's the art of war that we knew was coming. Mm-hmm. So I'm finding like maybe there's a, I'm missing some of that. Like, oh my God, he had the razor reflex. Like that moment could be so cool as a viewer, could be so cool as a broadcaster to get. When you have a hand cam, you have perfect information at all times. So I've been literally just thinking in the last week or two after the rumble, like, what if we had hand cams sometimes? What if we could like, Ask for the hand cam as the broadcaster. Like it's been ten minutes. This Kano player is tanking, and uh, tanking till you know he reaches sub zero levels. Like we gotta, we gotta check out the hand. You know, and and Savage Feast they do a great job. Like they do have the zoom in functionality. But I'm wondering like what a broadcast would be like if without if you don't ask for the zoom in, you don't see the hand. But then if you need it, you can like audible it in. I don't know. That's I've been thinking about that as just like a potential way to like keep some of that excitement. If, you, if you're wanting it, if it's a fast-paced game and you don't need the hand cam to fill 10 minutes of tanking time. Um, but if you... Yeah, I don't know. That's, that's, that's been something I've been thinking about. I don't know if it's correct, but I've been, I've been, I've been thinking about that these last couple of weeks. No wrong answers. Uh, <laughs> and, and actually, I mean, I love that you brought that up. And, like, you know, I think, like, you're on the right track. I think fluidity is probably key there, right? Like, being able to look at the hand, somebody decide... That's worth showing and somebody else deciding or, or, or vice versa and saying like, there's something cool happening here. It'll be better as a surprise. So yeah, right? you, you have to like kind of get some discretion there. But uh, I love that answer. I love the answer. Now, is there any kind of mechanic, archetype, et cetera, that you think Flesh and Blood or LSS could consider uh, designing or, or like thinking about to create more dynamic viewing experiences and and what made me think of this question is the wager mechanic yeah coming up in in heavy hitters which seems like it's going to be kind of a a wager and clash i guess will both be really interesting mechanics to watch on stream yeah i think that's absolutely true i think wager and clash are exactly the type of things that lead to like more like oh what's gonna happen (gasps) that's gonna happen and there's no way to know the top of the deck you know for for the clash i think wagering is super cool because you get to like 
talk about the difference between both heroes and their game plan like how much does a gold token help player a versus player b right like those are just super uh super important um or, or just yeah super interesting decision trees you can walk down as the casters and it's it's okay that you know you just have to speculate because that's that's whatever that's what both players are doing in the moment they're speculating like mm-hmm. player a is like i think the gold token helps me out this much and player b has to be like hmm does the gold token help them more or me more so it's like fun that we get to do that too um i think more things like that are make a lot of sense you know i think things that are kind of it's tough. I feel like Kano is like exactly both. Kano is both really good for coverage and really bad for coverage because Kano's games can be really quick and they can just be like, oh, wow, they're dead. Now we have 45 minutes to fill. Um, and But they can also be like, oh my God, Kano's at one and they're able to combo off and, and there's this incredible win that they kind of stole out of nowhere. Um, you know, if, if I was to guess, I'd have to imagine LSS is not thinking too hard about coverage as they design these heroes. Mm-hmm. But I But I also know that when you create a good product, the gameplay should be reflected by coverage no matter what. Like, it should just be cool. Um, but that's, you know, that's, that's, that is tough. I, I, I think the more information that both players either receive, you're able to kind of, like, you're, you're able to, I guess, speculate more easily and, and not worry as much about, like, taking too much time you know if like oh he had to reveal that ice card so player b now knows that they're the the card that's getting arsenal is just a frosting so that's gonna let them you know block or, or pitch differently to this aether ice vein like that that is cool to be able to go down um but i don't know maybe maybe I, maybe a good answer is just like less aggressive cards because like aggro mirrors can be can be somewhat tough for coverage because they're just when nobody's blocking and there's no real decision points beyond just like whose deck draws better that sometimes mm-hmm. those are just sometimes those are games of flesh and blood and those aren't great for coverage so like you know if there are heroes and, and sets that lean a little more mid-rangey that's definitely better for coverage i'd say um yeah yeah, yeah i mean it's just something you know you touched on it like you kind of want to like coverage should be the the coverage and gameplay should be the kind of uh marketing or like this is the advertisement for the game like like look yeah. at this cool stuff and like you know why should you buy the new set it's got this cool yeah. stuff going on um and i got one more question for you before we hit the listener questions here uh Wait. something i've noticed with streams and coverage in general uh for the larger events it's often put on by varied production teams right Mm-hmm. You know, we see it all over Savage Feats, uh, you know, they do a lot of battle hard and stuff like that, et cetera, et cetera. And they all have different standards or, or vibes, which I think is a great thing. I think, you know, that's the important thing about having a production team is to be yourself and do yeah. what you want to do. But it is a lot different. I want to know, do you think that like LSS could benefit from developing a specific formatting guide or standards to shore up any major differences in streams on like battle hardens and above, right? Like obviously we've, you know, the realm could do whatever they want. That's their event. But you know, uh, battle hardens and above are, are, you know, like LSS branded events. And to my knowledge, they might already have one. I just don't know, but, uh, just want to get your take on that. Yeah. Um, for sure. It's a great question. I, want to be careful as i answer this one <laughs> um because i've had the 
opportunity and I've uh, been lucky to work with a bunch of different people. Um, I do think if you look at what coverage kind of is at a baseline level in terms of for LSS, right? Mm -hmm. It's a marketing tool. For, yeah. for Legend Story Studios, it is a marketing tool. It is a way for the game to be seen by more eyes. You get people randomly stumbling across it. What is this game? This looks cool. I want to buy the, the product, right? That's what they're hoping happens, right? Yeah. So if you just think about like, okay, so what is this game? That's not something that's, 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 that's advertising, right? That's not necessarily something that stream can do. But this looks cool. Like, okay, that's something we want them to think, right? If you're LSS, you want them to think this looks cool. So what are the things that, I, that make it look cool, right? I mean, for one, like high quality camera on, on, the, on the play area. You want the cards to look beautiful because they often are or at least be able to look, the person should be able to look at the game board and be like, those cards look cool. I think they should be able to see both players playing because if we have face cams on the players, we can see the moments of emotion. We can see the moments of exaltation or the moments of defeat or the moments of thinking. We can see that, you know, our community is very diverse and we have a lot of different types of people who play this game. So someone might be like, oh, is this game for me? Oh, that person looks like me. Okay, maybe this game, it right? Like I feel included all of a sudden. Like I think that's super important. And I don't, and that hasn't necessarily been a standard at like even LSS kind of, runner branded events um and so i think yeah play, player cams are something that should be that should be a standard um and then you want you i i think at this day and age again i want to be careful um but <laughs> but you know i think again if you want it, if you want it to be like oh this looks cool i want to get the product especially in what's a saturated market and when you know you're you're advertising like check out our 1.5 million pro play circuit like this is this is a very professional, very real thing. I think it should 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 look and sound pretty professional. And so that means, you know, audio should be should be clean and audio should be locked in. And and I do think there is a world in which uh there like you said, there are guidelines and there are kind of like a, there's a system to this. What I also totally like empathize with and understand is they've got a lot of irons in the fire and mm -hmm. they've been building the OP circuit in general. I mean, look at 2024. 2024 looks to be unbelievable for insane. organized play. And <laughs> and I, yeah, insane. And I think rather than focus on the streaming this year, it and even though they've put on some great streams and there's we we've had some amazing streams and and that's in no small part to community leaders like the Realm, Ethan and AGE, right? Like those that's in no small part to these incredible people. But in terms of like what LSS is looking to do, I think this year they were really looking at building the building the floor, building the house. And now they're now they're gonna light the house and they're gonna mic the house and they're gonna shoot the house, right? They built the house and now I would not be surprised if in 2024 there's a little more of a of an LSS run initiative too. Like you said, I I, I would not I would not be surprised if, if we if we see that happen. I might be proven wrong, but if you know these people are they 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 make such a good product and and again a lot. What I think we can't also ignore is. You talk, we talk about us being fans and wanting to see certain things in content or in streams. These guys are all TCG fans at the head, right? Mm -hmm. Like, they're all just... They people. feel the same way as us. I can almost yeah. guarantee it. Yeah, dude, they're on Twitter being like, you thought our hero was bad? And they, you know, <laughs> like, they're, they're just a group of people too, right? And so they're like... And they love it. They love TCGs. They love coverage. They've grown up on this stuff in, in different ways. So, you know, you have to imagine that they, they want to see it too. Um, it's just about what was able to be managed at at what time, and mm -hmm. I think we've built we've built a pretty amazing house now, and I wouldn't be surprised to see them be able to divert more attention and resources on, you know, shooting the house, making it look pretty, make it sound pretty. Absolutely, and 
you know, I, I, I would like to see it happen. Just like, you know, f- probably for their own sanity, like in peace of mind, just knowing that like, Hey, like this is what we expect. And, and this is what we want. And then they, they probably have some degree of that already. And, you know, uh, I don't know. I don't work for them. Um, but do they know how to reach me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we do have some listener questions here. Actually, not even some. Awesome. A lot of people love you, Sam. So they all want to oh know, you know. And everybody seemed to have given me multiple questions for you. So oh, cool. I'm, I'm going to try to, to take care of everybody here as long as you're cool with it. Uh, here we go. Uh, <laughs> here we go. Uh, Darth Prentice, a.k.a. Greg. Oh, what's up? Uh, asks a couple things. Favorite okay. event you've casted? Mm. I'll let you finish. I'll, I'll, I'll hit him with okay. you one at a time. Oh, okay. Favorite event I've casted? I mean, I'm going to cheat and say two because getting to do U.S. Nationals was like a total, just a total dream come true. Just a total like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I got this email. This is unbelievable. I mean, honestly, then getting to do Taipei was also like, what? Yeah. what is happening? Like, what is what's going on here, man? <laughs> like, it was really surreal, and I just felt so fortunate and so lucky. Um, but I don't think that's the answer Mr. Prentice wants. I think, the, I think the honest answer, and this is no... I think the thing that I just had the most fun top to bottom, battle-hardened Cincinnati with Brody. We, the two of us, you talk about, like, having casters that all, they just love it. Like, we were both, like, this is a new Dust Till Dawn meta we're like watching Warmonger's Diplomacy get bought out as we're yelling about how it shuts down Lexi if she's got a thing flipped, right? We're just mm-hmm. like watching it then, like the price spike. Like we, it was Brody's first event he'd ever done. I'd had to, I, I, I spent hours at Battle Hard in Los Angeles, literally hours trying to get him to do it with me. And he was like, I have to ask my mom. But then, I, <laughs> but then his mom said to do it. Um, and, uh, and we had just so much fun, just top to bottom that whole event. So I think that's, that's my favorite. Like just event I've gotten to do. That's a great answer. Now, who's your favorite co-caster? You gotta be kidding. Me. Uh, you, I mean, you don't have the answers. You've you've, you've casted with a lot of great people. So uh, I've casted with so many great people. I've casted with so many incredible people. I, 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 I think I will say there's. I've. I don't think I have necessarily. I can't say I have a favorite, but I do think. I think someone is the best. Uh, just the best at it and i Whoa. think it's ponkage man i think ponkage is tip top ponkage is one of the best players in the world and it's apparent mm-hmm. like he wins events when he doesn't even get to play that much and his insight is so spot on and he delivers it in a way that is able to be understood by 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 the layman um and he's fun and he's funny and he's like able to like laugh at himself and make jokes and like be engaging on stream. Like, I just think he's, I think he's tip top. I, and, and, and I, I, you know, we're not necessarily like just partners, the two of us, but like getting to do Nats and be partnered up that whole time, getting to do indie with him. Like that, that feels a little like my partner in this industry. Um, even though it's not how the jobs always work out, but like that, that's someone that I feel like, like, we're a little team, which makes me feel really good. And I love working with him, but even just regardless of that, like everybody's incredible. And there's a lot of, so, there's so many great casters, but I just like that boy. Like, I just, I love him. Like, I think he's just, I think he's the best. So I'm, 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 I'm going to give him his flowers. That's a uh, great answer. And I would love to get him on the show. I, I want to meet him. Obviously I haven't met him in person somehow. I've been to a million events and 
you know, he's a genius. He's, he's, he's like got a really high paying job and like yeah. a really like uh, not even just that, like a really, you know, important, like he's just genius. He's just genius. And yeah. he's, he's working all the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Greg also asked, this is a joke here. Do you know, did you know that this is not a weed podcast? Fresh and buds. I know that it is often mistaken for it. Uh, mm. and you know, I don't judge anybody for partaking, but mm. this is not, this is a flesh and blood podcast. Yeah, no, I, I, I knew that. I think I knew that. I, I don't think I had that that misconception. <laughs> I don't do myself a lot of favors because I talk about food at the end of every episode and my cadence is also not the most uh, upbeat. Uh, <laughs> nah, I, I, think, I think you're good. <laughs> Nobody, nobody's out here thinking I'm running a cocaine <laughs> podcast. So, um, Sniff and Snort, the Flesh and Blood podcast. Sniff and Snort. <laughs> um, next question comes from Flake. Yeah. He's a community member. I've maybe met him a couple times. Uh, yeah, I've heard of the guy. <laughs> you've been an integral part of the realm's success from the perspective of building a grassroots competitive circuit. Do you believe mm-hmm. that these kinds of tournament circuits ha- can have the same prestige as a calling, or will it always be just another 5K? That's an excellent question, Flake. I would recommend getting a podcast yourself and asking questions. Like yeah, that right. He yeah. seems like he's pretty good at this whole creating questions and interviewing thing. Um, I, I think it's always going to be a different level of prestige. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say like it will ever be the exact same because I think that would be disingenuous. I think like there's always going to be something special about a calling and a pro tour, mm-hmm. right? And like even a battle hardened, like you know, and just in terms of like the thing like the company the thing right like the tournament series like i just think that that will always have its own special prestige but i do think you every every i've gotten actually i've been really lucky i've been able to see two different grassroots tournament organizations and be pretty directly involved with both and age and, and with the realm and both have cultivated this really incredible community prestige and it's not just about like i'm the best player it's like i have been part of this thing all year this unique separate thing and i've made friends and i've made rivalries and there's been narratives and storylines in this you know the realm rumble series that led up to the rumble the age series that led the players championship where where was these invite only events like there's just a different kind of prestige and and what's really cool about them is they're often Still with a lot of incredible prizing on the line, but they're 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 a lot more lighthearted. People are having more fun, and they're less stressed because they're not thinking about Elo and they're not thinking about that like intense prestige. It's the like bud prestige, right? It's the like I'm here, you know. It's it's I'm here to kick your ass, man. Like you know, we've been we've been traveling these events all all year together, and we you know, and I I think that's different and freaking awesome. Like just just seeing it, like just the energy in both of those series. You know, I mean, the Realm Rumble this last weekend, the amount of, like, huge names, big, like, Pro Tour winners, like, world's top eight, like, people that were like, this was the most fun tournament I've ever been to, or my, the, my, the most fun tournament all year. Like, that was, uh, like, a like a chorus across the weekend, which was just, like, for all of us involved in the creation of it, like, oh, my God, couldn't imagine, couldn't ask for anything more. And I think that's a huge part of what the goal is for these these community run tournaments. They're community run. They're for the community. They hope hope people have fun. So yeah, I think it's always gonna be different, but it's there's it's still a very like exciting, special thing. 
Yeah, well, they're certainly on to something. I mean, I I know I had a blast, and, and I can't wait for, for the next one, especially the 50K next year. Uh, it's going to be awesome. Insane. Uh, this one, this question comes from Crixus. And all these questions come from the Buds Discord for anybody who's ever wanting to submit a question for this show. What inspired you guys to make such amazing gameplay content? And were you expecting so many people to use your content to learn more about playing different heroes? Um, well, you know, what inspired us was what we kind of touched on earlier, just mm -hmm. wanting to see it, wanting to see it ourselves. Um, I, I mean, honestly, I, I would say it feels weird to say no, I wasn't expecting people to use it to learn, but we, we have been somewhat intentional in wanting to be like not necessarily a learn to play gameplay series. Like we're not trying to talk to a brand new player mm -hmm. again, because we're kind of making the videos we want to see and like we all play. So like we want people to be able who are just who are just in the game to watch it and enjoy it and like if every video I was watching for a gameplay series was like really walking you through as if you were a brand new player I would be like oh, well, it's not for me I, I I'm not a brand new player um and I'm so but we've gotten a lot of people come up and be like I learned the game through your videos I found the game and learned the game through your videos I learned this I picked up the hero because you played it on the, like that has been honestly surprising and 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 wonderful and like really moving because we definitely wanted to grow the game but i guess didn't really put two and two together that would mean that people would like be learning the game for, from it like i got people would like go find learn to play content but i'm so glad that people are still learning the game and people are getting just entertainment value like we kind of intended beyond like not as a learn to play experience um yeah, so it's been. I don't think I really expected it, but it's been. It's been wonderful. I couldn't couldn't ask for it for anything more. Yeah, and and it's cool. And people are different learners, right? You know, you some people want to go to class. Some people want to have fun and learn that way. And then I think you know a lot of the people that are learning through you guys are those people. And there's nothing wrong with the other people. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with the people that are yeah, learning yeah. by having fun. Um, yeah. This these questions <laughs> come from Sigma. Uh, who asked, uh, the first one is, do you have high ambitions as a Flesh and Blood player to win mm. high-tier events and be competitive, or are you just a fan of the game, prefer to be in the casting creation side? Yes. Yeah. I do. I honestly, <laughs> I was expecting last year, when this AGE series, I was so excited because I was like, I'm going to grind this, dude. Like, that's why I got into Flesh and Blood, kind of, like, when I found the game, I was like, I want to play in tournament. I had never really had that. With Magic, I was way too intimidated by the by the meanies in magic and just the rude people like, i was like i would never go and play at the store like just could never be me mm -hmm. but in flesh and blood i was kind of like i want to i totally want to do that i want to i want to go play i want to be in a be in the tournament scene uh and then the year that i was really planning to send it was this year and ironically i did almost anything else i played in so few tournaments because i was lucky enough to get to cast a number of them and, and get to work on the production side um but I totally want to. I yeah. totally want to. I'm re I'm a pretty competitive guy, and I really like. I also feel like, especially in 2024, as I'm really trying to hone in on like what am I good at in the casting and what can I get better at. Like, I'm proud of the way I understand the game, and I'm proud of the way that I can call certain plays. I understand my strengths are more as like a hype, more play by play instead of color commentary. Like that's that's where my role will probably always be, and I'm super comfortable there. But I also want to 
I, I want to feel like when I'm watching a stream that the classers know what they're talking about. And there are some people that are going to look at me and until I've done something like top eight something, they're going to be like, you don't know what you're talking about. And I know what I'm talking about. I know that I know what I'm talking about to whatever extent that is. And I don't, I know I'm not like some noob. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I, I can, I can freaking play for sure. But I want, I haven't ever had the opportunity to test for a season, like really mm -hmm. like test and like play a deck, find the deck I want to play learn like have a freaking sideboard guide like i'm every time i've ever played this game i'm like i got 72 cards now i'll take this out, take that out. <laughs> you know i'm just kind of like just and, and i'm i'm glad I, I win a bunch of games like that and that feels really good but like i want to like get in there man so that's that's a goal of mine for 2024 100 well hell yeah oh, i think you could do it absolutely you Next know time. us this creators 16 us mr top 16 oh uh, you know i don't want to you know i don't want to see I mean, you out here i, mean, I see you out here Two hundred twenty-five dollars. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm, I'm basically Elon Musk yeah. over here. You know, on freaking Riptide. No one's expecting <laughs> yeah. it. Uh, Sigma also asked, as an actor, how do you split your time for with doing that? And and then the um, the the um, uh, flesh and blood side of things. Like, how do you split your time? Do you have you know? Do you have periods of full time, twenty four seven focused mindset with no time to play? Hmm. Well, what's lucky about being a, you know, developing actor is I'm not, you know, constantly working on projects. Okay, you know, I'm not like, you know, in incredibly high demand. No, um, <laughs> I'm actually, I'm actually stoked. I have, I have a couple things I'm, I have like already booked out for the new year, which is super, super exciting. And I'm super grateful for. Um, and in those times, I'll play a lot less. Like when I'm doing these plays, like I'll be in rehearsal six days a week, most of the day. And I will be doing that for sure. And it will just be, you know, that's, that's, that's the life. Um. But without getting, without taking too long on this answer, I actually had a, a friend, a friend of a friend who was a very successful actor, um, and some advice she gave me about just making it in the industry in general. She was like, the only people who really make it, unless you get incredibly lucky incredibly early, and there's all, you always have to get incredibly lucky at some point, but the people who stay in the game long enough to get lucky whenever their lucky break is are the people who their actual lives are filled with such passion that they have to tear themselves away from their real life when they get an acting job. And I'm starting to feel that way with my life. Like I have casting jobs, you know, I'm, I'm hoping to do in the new year or things I've talked to or, you know, three floating or anything that like, if I suddenly get an incredible acting job, I'll be like, oh, but I'm casting this thing or, but I'm, you know, I have three floating shoots I have to do. And like, I'll, I'll probably, I'll go do that acting job. Like that's, that's, you know, I mean, depending on the job, if it's some shitty little thing, I'll be like, sorry, man, I'm, yeah, I'm booked. But like, but you know, but like, that's my, you know, that's the end goal. Like I want to, I mean, to do the goal is to do it all, right? The goal is to live a, live a big life and live, live a life where you're going to do a lot of, a lot of stuff. And, um, but I'm starting to feel that way. Like I have, a, I have a real passion and I have, I have real things that I'm getting to fill my days with and acting will all of a sudden, like acting jobs randomly will all of a sudden be like, oh no, like. I have things going, but like, that's, I guess, you know, part of, part of what it takes to actually make it. So. Yeah. You know. yeah. Full-time jobs. <laughs> They're tough. Like, you know, it's like, you know, you want to do it. Like, yeah, you do want to do everything. Yeah. We all want to do everything. We're, we all, you know, we, we hate free time. Um, <laughs> and then he finally asks, is Blake the best Reinar player in your area? Blake doesn't watch or listen to any flesh and blood podcast. Mm -hmm. Blake, doesn't watch or listen to anything. So I can say anything I want about Blake right now. And unless someone tells him about it, he will not hear it. Unfortunately for me, I, and I'm sh here's the thing. I'm sure there are people in our local area who are better Reinar players than Blake. I love Blake. But again, he's not going to hear this unless someone tells him. Um, I'm sure there are better ones. Uh, uh, Alan Chavardin, 
is a, is technically a Leviah player, more known for Leviah, but he basically plays a Reinar deck. And this was, you know, back in Pro Tour Baltimore times, but it was basically a Reinar deck with Leviah, a, a stapled Leviah card together, you know, and he's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's cracked. He's totally, he's better than me. He's better than Blake, 100%. I can't think of someone off the top of my head who's just like, this is the better Reinar player. Connor Davenport, I'm pretty sure, is the gentleman's name. Got second at an AGE Open with Reinar. That's pretty good. That's pretty impressive. But you know, I got, I, I'll give Blake his flowers. He he, he does quite well at the Armories. He he's a good player. We're we're but in I, talks to have him on the show, so I'll, I'll I'll be sure to let him know all these things. You know. Okay, good. <laughs> he, he, he he's <laughs> he's he's a wonderful guy. He makes me laugh harder than than many people I've ever met. So. <laughs> uh, next question comes from William Knuckles, who is from Table Pit. Oh, yeah. YouTube channel. How 100%. long until a three floating UPF gameplay? Poof. Did. We've totally talked about it. We've totally talked about it. Short answer, and I hope this isn't a bummer answer, but short answer, like, our love is, what we love about the game is class constructed. And our guiding mantra has been, in some small part, and not, not like we don't care what the audience wants, but it's been like, what do we want to see if we were the audience, right? And we want to see classic constructed as like a baseline. Um, we totally had talked about doing the professor product, you know, with, with either some of our connections here in Los Angeles or people from the magic community. Um, but I don't really know. It's something we totally will want to do. I think the thing, I hope to do it. I think the thing that is, I don't want to say like more likely, but something that we're going to jump at is that whatever that PVE product is, man, like we're going to be all over that. Like, Aiden play Aiden and I played D and D together last night. Like he's in my like act campaign. I don't do for work. Like that's just for me and my friends. And like we, you know, Jacob similarly has been playing with us all summer when he hasn't had to work. So like whatever the player versus environment product is, like we will be, we will be doing that for sure. Jacob and Aiden, the first time they ever like played without me, they also <laughs> had a few had a few drinks and literally told me that when they were playing the Reiner versus Druinthia product, they'd be like, and then I play second swing and I. And and Jacob would be like, and I fucking and like they were literally just <laughs> running around the room, just like prip, like making the cards with their you know body. So like we're we're really all about that. I hope to do UPF someday. I had so much fun with the Professor product. It's just not a format. I've I've played it once. Yeah, that's the, in my entire experience with UPF. So I, I I need a little more experience. I need to I need to get like hooked by the thing to bring it on the show. I think. Absolutely. Well, maybe, you know, you'll swing by, uh, I think, Virginia and, and hop on the table pit and, and, and play with them. How about that? I'm sure. Well, I have seen their, their videos are great and they make it, you know, seem as fun as I'm sure it is. Uh, and finally, Capolo. The mm. old Capolo has a question. If you could pick a casting partner for the next AGE Open outside of the flesh and blood sphere, outside, not in, Whoa. who would you love to cast with? Outside of the flesh and blood sphere, like, yes, anybody. Oh, that's that's interesting. I'm a, I mean, I'm a big fan of, of Cedric Phillips and Patrick Sullivan. The old, those old, old magic guys. Those guys are really, those guys are super cool. Riley Knight. I'm a fan of his, uh, uh, from the casting world. You know, I could, I could get my brother to come and do it with me. He's, he's just learning, but is uh, not as, not as you know, ravenous as I am. Or I would say, you know, okay, actually, no. Final answer, and this is, this is going to be for an incredibly small second of your audience, and I am sorry, but my final answer is Jim Barnett, who was the old Golden State Warriors play-by-play -play announcer who is now just doing the radio, and his replacement is a 
I his I like his his replacement is whatever. I like he's a very nice seems like a very <laughs> nice guy. But Jim Barnett was a legend. He was I think undisputedly the best local sports broadcaster, especially for basketball. He I'd get him on the show without a doubt. That's a great. Idea. I I would love to see some <laughs> sportscasters. You know. Oh, he's so good. Try to do. I mean, like they're so good at like they're obviously professionals. They'll figure it out, right? Yeah. You know, you throw like Al Michaels on the stream. It would Jim be Jim Barnett is an old ass man at this point. <laughs> yeah. He would have. He, he would have. be like, what the hell is going? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't see what's going on. Um. And then uh, he also asked, uh, "What's your trick to fill the void when nothing's happening in game while you're, while you're doing coverage?" Trick to fill the void. Um, let's see. I lie on my bed and I just I allow the infinite possibilities of what could happen, will happen, and has not happened yet to just mm. slowly depress me into a small, uh, thin pancake. And then eventually, I just scatter like so many atoms into the nothingness that exists as well. Um, no, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I I mean, I just try to do some things that I haven't gotten to do. Like I still haven't played Baldur's Gate. I really want to play Baldur's Gate. You know, like. Here? My 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 Aiden Julie and I are play, replaying Borderlands too. Like that's probably my favorite game ever. We're playing Slay the Spire tonight. Like oh yeah, I don't know. Um um, just I honestly I play more. I don't really play a lot of video games anymore, and I love video games, so I, I probably play some more video games. Oh yeah, hell yeah. Well, Sam, we've come to the end here. This has been a lot of fun. I'm really happy yes, that sir. first of all that we met. I can't wait to hang out with you again at another event. We're gonna be running around. We'll be pushing in the bushes. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Let's go. I've Give- I've I've Dude, I gotta say, I've, uh, I've been in, in working with the Realm guys, meeting people like Logan and, and Jordan Kennedy. I've I've heard tale of your legend, you know, I, 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 I you know, of your impressive attributes, and I just, I just, you know, I gotta, I just got, you know, I've, I've heard of you for like Don't a year now. Don't listen to them. Don't listen so to I'm, them. So I'm, I'm glad, you know, I'm glad we got to do this. I'm glad we'll get to, you know, hopefully have a drink at one of these next events. Uh, but thanks for having me on. Well, for if sure, it's one man. with me, it's gonna be ten. Um, uh, now, uh, please plug everything that, that you'd like to plug and where people can find you and all that fun stuff. Oh, dude, check out three floating. If you want to watch some gameplay, we are, uh, it's on YouTube. We do flesh and blood gameplay pretty much exclusively. That's all we really want to do. We have cool freaking things coming up in 2024. We have some things in the works that I just, I have just, I'm just so excited about. So please, please come hang out with us. We're going to have fun. Awesome. Please do. It will all be in the show notes as well as the links for my stuff, uh, which is still the discord. Um, you know, great place to submit questions for people like Sam when they come on the show, uh, Twitter at fresh buds pod, YouTube, you know, like comment, subscribe, all that stuff helps. Uh, my other podcast that I do with my cousin called fresh juice is about indie games. Please check that out. Um, indie video games, I should say. Um, and, uh, that's a, that's a good time over there. And finally, I like to talk a little bit about food at the end of every show, as I mentioned before. Mm. What's some food that you are really enjoying right now or something you want to shout out, like a restaurant or something like that? Anything you want. Just something food. Something food? Dude, honestly, just yesterday, I had, last night, I had Sweet Finn, which is a chain, but I had their sesame-seared albacore tuna. That was fantastic. I just, mm. I love fish. I'm, I love fish. So that was great. Me too. Sounds delicious. And unfortunately... <laughs> Because of that tuna, we don't have time to bring Charmer on for a message at the end. But, hey, we'll get to him eventually. Thank you all. Thank you, Sam. And everybody, stay fresh.